the real purpose of this is not to try and identify what the future is, but to identify what the right moves are to make now based on some process that is logical in many future scenarios. The outcome, for example, might be that in scenario A, what I need to do is conserve cash. In scenario B, it's important that I conserve cash. In scenario C, I need to conserve cash. The one is saying that I need to conserve cash because things are going to get really, really bad. The one is saying I need to conserve cash because there's going to be huge opportunity into the future. And the one is going to say I need to conserve cash because this whole industry is dead and I need to buy myself into a new industry. All three have got conserve cash in them. Conserve cash is the right move. I'm Gareth Armstrong and you're listening to a Razor's Edge podcast. That's the voice of Alon Reyes, CEO of Racecorp. During this series, Alon guides us towards the opportunities and around the pitfalls that accompany moments of extreme change. After over 20 years of building businesses and supporting entrepreneurs, he has developed processes to deal with times when uncertainty is high and confidence can be low. During this episode, we discuss how to develop the scenario planning capability in order to help us do exactly what Alon has described, and that is identify our next move. This series is about extreme change, and in extreme change, the rules are unknown, the factors that affect the future are all unknown, the sequence in which they will play out and knock on to one another is unknown. There is so much unknown. So what you are trying to do is to create multiple scenarios, probable scenarios that could take place and look for the commonality in the moves you should make that are represented in multiple scenarios. So if, for example, five or six different scenarios all elude to the fact that you need to be making a certain move in all five or six of them, then it's irrelevant which scenario pans out. So even the scenarios that we create are all fantasies of a future that we cannot predict. So it's not really about what those scenarios are. We're not trying to predict actually what the scenarios will be. We're looking at what the common moves are that either take advantage of that scenario or mitigate against some risk that that scenario presents. And by playing this out again and again in different scenarios, and that starts to give you a clue as to which moves are the best moves to make right now. So while the title of this episode refers to scenario planning, we might very well have called it how to identify your next move because that is the capability Alon is urging us to develop. We now know what he is asking us to do, but how do we do it as effectively as possible? Let's let Alon guide us. First of all, I have to contain this argument to business, my business, because you can go mad if you try and think about all possibilities for all things. So by containing it in a small environment like your business, you can understand what are the impact factors on your business. And we pretty much know what impacts our business. We know, for example, inflation impacts our business. We know that 
the price of labor has an impact on our business. We know that, for example, demand has an impact on our business. High demand, people see as good. Low demand is bad. But high demand for hospital beds is good for hospital bed makers, but bad for hospitals. So even in concepts that are high, low, up, down, better, worse, there is always a relativity to your own environment. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to understand all the different impact factors that affect your business, both positive and negative, and collect them. And I always suggest that you should not collect less than 15 factors. If you really want to do this well, collect 30, 40, 50 different factors. Stretch yourself to look at all the factors. Write them on, on pieces of paper or in my instance, I, I still love to use post-it notes, the stickies. And then look at those factors and split them into positive and negative, mostly in a scenario where there is high levels of change. It's mostly negative impact because there's so much that you cannot predict. And then you start to combine them in combinations of four or five. But in every combination, the rule is you have to include at least one positive factor. And so you would say, okay, there's a scenario, for example, where inflation goes up, the cost of labor goes down, demand for these products goes up, the risk of security goes up. In that scenario, what I... Alon Ray's CEO of Ray's Corp need to do is, and then you write down, these are the steps I would need to take in that scenario. On the face of it, it seems like quite a straightforward thing to be doing. But remember, we're attempting to do this in a moment of extreme change, possibly even extreme anxiety about potential losses. And so I wanted to understand to what extent the following might influence how we go about doing this effectively. Number one, are we developing scenarios based purely on different interpretation of current facts? Or must we use our imaginations and consider a variety of different inputs and outcomes? Number two, how do we approach scenario building if we are in a heightened emotional state? Number three, do other people's views matter and how widely should we be consulting during this time? And number four, is there such a thing as a badly created or conceived scenario? Let's begin with the first consideration on the list. How imaginative do we have to be with our scenarios? Always in an extreme situation, there are factors that are outside your normal experience of business. And so your, your imagination would need to be extended. I'd say it needs to be contained, but certainly needs to be extended. So in a scenario, for example, where you're not used to the army in the streets, there's no scenario prior to COVID for at least 20 years where you anticipated that there would be army in the streets. That is a plausible factor that could happen. You might have read in the press that it was going to happen, so you could add that into your factors. So if there are, for example, army in the streets and you've got security risk, those two mitigate each other to some extent unless you're in a different regime and comes down to context where now the army is seen as something negative in the streets. So to, once again, context matters and how you interpret the, the, the army in the streets. So you can either see them as a protective force or you can see them as an antagonistic force. 
depending on context. So you couldn't allow your imagination to move beyond your normal experience of business day-to-day prior to the change or to the shock. Just like you add in positive factors, you might restrict the amount of, let's call it imaginative factors, because otherwise it becomes totally fantasy. So you have to base it in some level of reality. But I, I would not exclude those imagined factors because they create a richness and they create a vista, a new vista that it would, might be important for you to see the world differently. I like that a lot. Restrict the number of imaginative factors, but they must be there to keep us open to other possibilities. Let's move on. What about if we are emotional? Is this a good time to be planning scenarios and working out our next move? I mean, this whole series started with uh, getting to rational quickly. It's about getting to that rational mindset. And I would argue that, that different people have got different capacities to come up with these scenarios and factors. And certain people will have a, get a higher quality list of things to do than, than others. I would add that if you are emotional, I would say that that would reduce the quality of your outcome. But I'm going to counter that by saying if you're emotional, it might introduce other factors that you wouldn't have introduced beforehand. And that might create a richness in the scenario that you might not have anticipated in a rational state. So if I had to choose between building out scenarios in a rational state or an emotional state, I, of course, would choose to build it out in a rational state. But there is still value. If you are sitting in a situation right now where you are highly emotive, it still has value to go through this process. It might not have the same quality outcome, but it will definitely give you an outcome better than where you are right now. Next question. What weighting, if any, do we give to other people's views and opinions as we are developing our scenarios? If people understand your context, then that's fine, you can consult. But if people don't understand your context, they're going to introduce a level of confusion that you don't need at that time. I remember during the COVID crisis, finding up my mentor who was in his 70s and asked him what to do. I, I reached out and he went, I don't know. But if he had told me what to do, that might have been very peculiar to his context and have very little relevance to my context and that might confuse matters. So the discipline you have to develop is to ensure that the people that you reach out to understand your context and, and keep the the circle quite tight in that environment. Otherwise, you add more confusion into the scenarios. It's a powerful statement. I don't know. Which really lays the foundation for a full and thorough investigation of all the facts, information and insights necessary to build out our scenarios. As Alon has shared, statements like I know or you should do X even from a trusted source, can set us down a path that yields poor quality results. Not because the guidance was bad, but it's contextually irrelevant. But are there other ways we might go down similar paths? How do we avoid this? And how do we develop effective scenario building capabilities? I think this comes from every crisis in our entrepreneurial journey, whether it's a crisis that is of the magnitude of COVID-19 or a, a crisis of losing a client. 
you still have to run scenarios. In your day-to-day running of a business, there are enough challenges, enough crises that appear for you to start building the, the discipline and the capability to build scenarios. So in the event of a major shock like COVID, then you have already built some muscle tone, some capability, some skill in order to build those scenarios quickly. And I found that because I was quite practiced in creating scenarios before COVID-19 hit, when it did hit, I naturally went into the state of creating scenarios. I literally stayed up all night for nearly two nights. I nearly went, I think it was 46 hours without sleep. And all I was doing is really starting to write out the factors and starting to then try and anticipate where this was going to go. As things settle, as the tectonic plates of change start to settle, you start to give more weighting validity to certain scenarios than the others. And that also starts to affect you know, how you start to choose what moves to make. Another important part of scenario building is the continuity of scenario building. More information becomes available as time passes. More things become a little bit more certain. Some things become less certain, but information is changing all the time. So you can create new scenarios all the time, still following the same practice as to choosing what is the common outcomes, the common moves in all of them, but to continue creating those scenarios. And in some way that creates a new set of moves because it's like a tractor or a bulldozer track continuously moving and evolving with new information. If I watch my journey during the COVID time over the first three months, the moves that I started to make became better and better and better informed by both fact and new information which had a probability attached to it. As new events started to roll out in the world, so for example, the development of a vaccine, whether it was positive or negative, whether a death rate in a certain country started to decline, whether a company went insolvent that you never expected. These are all new pieces of information that start to impact you, that you start to see as having impact on you. I think the point I'm making right now is that this is not a once-off event. This is a continuous event. Of course, there's a high number of scenarios created up front, and then you just have the discipline of creating new scenarios from time to time as more information presents. So, what are your scenarios telling you your next move should be? I've really enjoyed this discussion. If you have too, head over to racecorp.com where you will find similar resources aimed at helping you expedite the growth of your business, including Alon's lockdown articles that have inspired this Navigating Extreme Change series. In addition to this, follow Racecorp on your favorite social media platforms where you'll find updates on when the next podcast is released. My name is Gareth Armstrong, and I'll see you in the next episode.